Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. All right, we need to, it's communion Sunday, last Sunday of the year and we're taking communion and I'm so excited to end the year by taking communion. Communion is so special and so powerful um, to me and um, you know, sometimes I ask myself, um, Lord, what would you preach on this day? My pastor taught me that. What would you preach or how would you say this? You know, or what would the Apostle Paul say? So today's one of those days. What would the Apostle, if we, if we, if Pastor Dave and I, Pastor Jose, if we had a conference call with the Apostle Paul and we say, hey, you know, we're thinking about the last Sunday, um, what do you think we should preach about? I think one of the things that he would uh, say uh, that we should be doing is, he said, preach about moving forward. Everyone say moving forward. That's the title of the message today. It's all about moving forward. And in the kingdom of God, one of the ways that the people of God move forward is by celebrating communion, by taking communion. And here's why. Look at what the Bible says. This won't be our key text, but Luke 22, this is the words of Christ. It says, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Then everyone read these words in bold with me. Do this in remembrance of me. Why do we take communion? Because Jesus... The night before he died, he took communion with his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Says after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this, is, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you, and he was basically saying over and over and over again, take communion and remember the new covenant, remember the new contract, remember the new agreement, because it's by that agreement, brothers and sisters, that's what enables us to move forward. And here's what we're basically learning every time that we take communion, and here's how we move forward. But the Bible is teaching us here that we remember what he did to forget what we did. Okay? What is Communion Sunday all about? It's all about remembering what he did so that we can forget what we did. Now that is radical for people. That's very radical for people. A lot of people have a hard time to, with forgetting, but I'm telling you right now, brothers and sisters, that forgetting is a very spiritual thing. And the way we really forget, spiritually speaking, is we remember what Jesus did. How many know when we focus on what Jesus did, then it doesn't matter what we did because the blood of Jesus washes it all clean. How many would say amen? This is very important, very powerful, and it's important for us to understand 
that communion is meant to be practical and powerful. Okay? Communion is meant to be powerful in the sense that we elevate that which is greater than we are. We elevate the one that is greater than we are. We are unrighteous people. We sin in many, many ways. But how many know Jesus was perfectly righteous? Jesus never sinned. And Jesus went and became that sacrifice. He paid, we just read it, with his own blood so that we could be declared clean. And how many know when the son declares us clean, we are clean indeed. And so we have to remember, we stop and we focus on how great and powerful the blood is, and then it's supposed to be practical, which means every time we take communion, we're supposed to leave the church, leave this moment free. No more guilt, no more record. We're supposed to leave free. God, God died so that we would be free. But you can't be free if you can't move forward from what you used to do and what you did. That's why we take communion. We take communion because God knows that the only way to move forward is to be free from the past. And our minds have been made by God to forget things that are not helpful and to remember things that are helpful. Look, even practically speaking, there's something literally called the absent-minded professor syndrome. How many know someone who's like an absent-minded professor? Okay. And um, there have been famous people throughout history who were geniuses who were like, they were so absent-minded uh, um, and listen to this, the Department of Psychology at the University of Toronto said, forgetting is actually a key part of learning and growing. We can't store new experiences and memories if we don't let go of old ones. Okay, so look, Archimedes, he was a Greek philosopher known as the father of mathematics. Listen to this, when the Romans conquered Syracuse, his hometown, a soldier found him drawing figures in the sand. Ignoring the soldier and chaos around him, Archimedes would, uh, would only say, do not disturb my circles. Imagine the whole neighborhood is being ransacked by Romans, but he's in working out this equation. He's messing with circles. Yo, don't be messing with my circles. He didn't get it, right? Listen, it's, he says, do not disturb my circles. This angered the soldiers, and our Archimedes was killed on the spot. How could the wisest, this, one of the smartest brains in the world not recognize that it's time to run? Okay? It's because there have been people throughout history that they were so focused on important things that their brain would kick everything out. Now, I'm not saying that we should be absent-minded professors, but I'm making a point that our brains are actually... Organize this way. Look at another one with uh, Albert Einstein, right? We know that he, one of the greatest scientists in all. Look, Time Magazine said that he was the greatest person of the 20th century. And watch this. He was known to leave, leave behind clothes and sometimes even his suitcase when he traveled. And his inability to remember his keys became a running joke with his landlady. He once visited the home of a family uh, of family friends, and he recalled, I left forgetting my suitcase. My host said to my parents, that man will never amount to anything because he can't remember anything. 
How many know Einstein could remember a few things? <laughs> Why is it that, that there have been these geniuses who live that way? It's because there's a space, the brain can so focus on something that's important that it says, I won't let anything else in. Now, I'm not talking about that. You know, I remember being a freshman in high school and uh, uh, a teacher once said, hey, you guys, so he speaks to the class, he was one of our gym teachers, he says, you know that guy? I used to sit here, the guy would sit right there. So he used to have really long hair down to here and his, he was always sloppy and he used to carry his book bag, it would almost drag along the ground. He would walk around, literally, I'm not exaggerating, he'd walk around the school like this. So I used to say, what kind of stuff is this dude on? And he says one day, hey, you guys know that guy right there who looks like he's on drugs all the time? Yeah. He goes, he's in uh, Poland or Russia or whatever. He's number eight in the world in mathematics, and he's the, in the Olympics today. He's like, oh, snap. I remember him saying, you see that kid? This is 1984. He says he graduates college immediately. Uh, he graduates high school. He gets a scholarship and a job immediately. He's going to be making 50 grand right out. And, he, and it literally said, and you monks are going to be working at Burger King, and this guy is going to be a. Because he was some kind of like he was a genius, and he was his brain was pushing things out. So look, that's an extreme example for us of realizing God made you. To forget, to forget certain things. And when you forget things that are not helpful, then you can take in things that are helpful. That's the, that's the fundamental principle that I'm trying to kind of convey here today is that if you're going to move forward, there are certain things that you have to forget. Now, what Satan tries to do is to get our heart and our mind to malfunction by causing us to remember what we shouldn't remember and to forget what we should remember. And some people live in this trap of there are things that you should forget and you're remembering, and there are things that you should remember, okay, but you're forgetting. This is a classic example. We remember what he did so that we can everyone forget what we did. Let's say that together. We remember what he did so that we can forget what he did. That is pure New Testament, Jesus' blood contract living. Okay? What did you do last week? You bring it under the blood and you forget it. So look, I want you to go home today, okay? I want you to go home today, and I want you to read the entire chapter of Philippians chapter 3. We don't have time to unpack this whole chapter. But if you go home and read the entire uh, Philippians chapter 3, you see this at work in the Apostle Paul's life. I'm going to jump to the highlights. So practically speaking, so that's Jesus, but practically speaking, how does this play out in the life of a, of, a, of a mature Christian? Look at what the Apostle Paul said. This is Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12, New Living Translation. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Okay? But... 
I press on to, to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Ready? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all of us, now watch this. This is, in a way, one of the most important sentences because it says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. A lot of people actually fight and disagree. A lot of Christians don't grow to the next level because they can't forget like the Apostle Paul forgot. And they don't realize that some things have to be forgotten because unless we forget, we can't press forward. You see? He said, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some points, I believe God will make it plain to you. This is an attempt of the Lord making this fundamental issue so so plain to all of us he wants us to remember what he did so that we can forget what we did one more time now i want to read it in a different translation and then we're going to preach off of this i only have two points we're going to take communion i admit that i haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that i'm pursuing but i run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purposes that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. This is powerful. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this, however, but I do have three words. Read it with me. Ready? One compelling focus. One more time. One compelling focus. I have one compelling focus. You ready? I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. How many want an anointed 2019? Hallelujah. If you want an anointed 2019, you have to remember what he did and forget what you did. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Put it behind you. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. Have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. I want to pray that God would grip us with these desires. Not our desires, not our issues, not our baggage, not our struggles but the desire of the mature, how God wants us to see and live this, this come upcoming year should he tarry. We want to pursue his passions. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and this time. God, I thank you for your beautiful, glorious, and amazing word. Where would we be without the sacrifice of Jesus? So God, would you help us to live a mature life in 2019, a life of faith. And Lord, faith begins when we focus on what you did and when we release what we did. 
Because, Lord, you came to the earth knowing full well what we did and what we would do. But you came anyway. Bless this day. Bless this service. I pray that this service would be a groundbreaking, life-changing service. I pray that there would be a crossing from immaturity into maturity, from, from being stuck, oh God, to pressing forward. Bless this word and bless our communion service by your mighty power. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Okay, so how do we move forward? We've set the framework, two things. The first one is we move forward by forgetting, and I know that I've been already hitting that. But spiritually speaking, we're supposed to forget uh, 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 certain things so that we can move forward, okay? So what is it that we're supposed to forget? Okay, when it comes to forgetting, what are we supposed to forget? Because he says, I forget all the past. Okay, but what is he talking about? Does he mean like, like a total, like I don't remember what I did yesterday? That's not what he's talking about. And this is why you got to read the whole chapter. What he's talking about is whatever pertains to your righteousness, positive or negative, Paul says, forget it, okay? Whatever pertains to, to, to things that you did well that you might want to take the credit for in front of God or things that you did wrong that you feel shame before God, he's saying put them both under the blood. Good things and bad things, forget it. Okay, because the only reason we have acceptance from Jesus is not because of anything good that we do or anything bad that we do. The only reason we have accepted, uh, acceptance from Jesus is because of what he did. He shed his blood. Hallelujah. And our righteousness, even though it's like filthy rags, it is cleansed and we actually accept and receive the very righteousness of God. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. When you become a Christian, you ready? You become perfectly righteous. You're clean. How many are thankful for the power of the blood? Can we put our hands together right now? Hallelujah. And so what we have to understand is how important it is for us to actually forget. But let's start with the good things, okay? Someone once told me this many, many years ago. The reason you get so down when things go bad is because you take so much of the credit when things go well. And I think that that is a true blue spiritual principle. You see, when, we, when things go well, and, and it's an interesting dynamic, for me because I talk to really gifted, smart people all the time, sometimes educated people. And look, if you're successful, I want you to know that even though being successful is something worthy of, it's, it's a great accomplishment. Nothing wrong with being successful, but remember this, the principles of success on this earth have no connection and no correlation to the principles of righteousness before the throne of God. In other words, just because you could be a, a gazillionaire, 
okay? Because you're smart, because you're clever, because you made the best decisions, because you did this, because you, but that has nothing to do with righteousness. Zero. Just because you were, you got this education and you're good at this or you're good at that, that has nothing to do with righteousness. And in fact, one of the things that you will discover, Paul talks about this, but one of the things that you will discover, all right, is that when we stand before God, I guarantee you this is going to happen. You're going to realize that even the good things that you did, even good things for God, it was all started by the Spirit of God and carried on by the powerful Spirit of God. He who begins the good work is the one who carries it on to completion. And so listen, I was telling the guys the other day, I can't talk too long about this, but I was telling the guys the other day, look, a lot of people prepare for seasons of failure. Very few people prepare for seasons of success. And you know what, I've, I'm watching this over the years. I, I just sit, I like to read history, I, I like to watch. And look, I wanna win, and I want you to win. And winning means that we run the whole race. It doesn't mean that you have a good day and your name gets put in the paper. That's nothing. Okay, that's nothing. I'm, look, I, my, my name was in the paper as a, as a high school ball player every week. And guess what? You know what, it got, you know what baseball did for me you know, in the end? <laughs> Nothing, honey. No paychecks from baseball. Okay, don't believe the press clippings. You understand? We need to run the whole race. And when you get to the whole race, here's what you're going to learn. Look, from the very beginning, you were just living this whole life in the carriage of God's mercy and grace. And he just got you through, you know. Good sermon, good sermon. Pastor Dave preached a good sermon. I preach a good sermon. All mercy and grace. You know, God could have brought a donkey up here and preached a much better sermon. You realize that, right? I realize it. You see, it's all mercy and grace. And so you do something good, you make a mistake to go in the presence of God and say, God, did you see what I did today? Don't do that. Say, thank you for the blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you. Hallelujah. What can wash away my sin? Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. But it's not just the good things. It's also the bad things. Okay? But you don't understand how bad I am. You know what? Jesus understands how bad you are. And he chose to die for you anyway. Okay? It's not just for good things, it's for even super terrible things. Terrible. Do you realize that we, even as Christians, make terrible choices? Willful choices. What does God do when, when I or you make a decision that is completely rebellious in his face? And we know better. What does he do? Does he say, I'm writing you off? No, that's not what he says. The Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus rose from the dead. And he's saying, you see what Al Toledo's doing? That's dumb or that's foolish. But Father, I paid the price for him. I shed my blood. I shed my blood for T. I shed my blood for him. I shed my blood for her. And then anyone that will come under the blood, anyone, you are perfectly clean. See, a lot of people struggle with this concept. 
A lot of people talk about the blood, but they don't really allow the power of the blood to really change their life. What does it mean to be clean? It means that you walk out of here and it's over, it's done, it's forgiven. You don't have to bring it up anymore. And when the devil brings it up, you tell him, devil, get thee behind me. That is under the blood. Hallelujah. No more weight. No more struggle. You want to read? I read this this week. I read a verse, a couple verses this week. I was just weeping. You want to you hear something crazy? Check this out. Okay. No, no, skip this because we don't have time. I might come back to it, but look. This is remarkable. Everybody say, last chapter of the Bible. Watch this. Blessed are those who, blessed are those who has, who wash, <clears throat> blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and to eat the fruit of the tree of life. How many are longing for that day? Watch this. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and all who love to live a lie. Now let me pause there. These are umbrella sins. Sorcery is rebellion. The Bible says that rebellion is like witchcraft. Sorcery is, is witchcraft. You take the most rebellious person in the world, he is very much like a, a sorcerer because he gives himself over to the power of the devil. Sexually immoral, think about all of the different brands of sexual immorality, okay? Murderers, think about all the levels. The Bible says if you say something to a certain person, you have murder in your heart, okay? Murderers, the idol worshipers, think about all of the idolatry that goes on. And then lastly, and all who love to live a lie. You got that? Okay, good news, now bad news. Now watch this. Watch this. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. Everybody say, that's me. Okay. Now listen to this. He says, I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright and morning star. Now, this is the last chapter of the Bible. Here's the amazing thing. When you look at David's life without the blood, guess what? He was sexually immoral, he was a murderer, and he lived a lie. He's got like three out of five. Out of all the people, right, why not Joseph? Why not Daniel? Why not Samuel? Why not, why not people who lived more righteous, more perfect lives? But instead he goes to David. He goes to one who fell and he speaks of him as if he never ever fell. Because when we're washed in the blood and he looks at us, it's like if we never ever 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 fell. Hallelujah, can we praise him? God, we give you glory for the power of your blood.
If it's under the blood, I don't stop letting the devil hold you down. Forget it. You don't know how bad it was. He does. But he died to set us free. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what? Could you go back to the previous slide that I want to use? Listen to this. Look, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. He knows everything. So even when your heart puts you down, guess what? Your heart is wrong and God is right. So listen, condemnation. When you put yourself down, you're listening to the devil. You put yourself down. You, when you live in what you did five years ago, five months ago, five days ago, five minutes ago, okay? When you live in that, that's called condemnation. Condemnation can become a form of self-rejection that transforms every voice into a voice of judgment. Anytime someone talks to you, it's like they're judging you because, and you know what that is? It's condemnation. If we don't learn how to conquer condemnation, we live as children of rejection. The reason why Paul said forget is because he doesn't want you to live as a child of rejection. He wants you to live as a child of God. You know? Man, it's an interesting thing to walk around rich kids. Because rich kids walk in like, yo, it's all good. I want this and I want that and I want, you know, it's so funny. You go to a restaurant, you rich kid, poor kid. I've been in this a bunch of times. Rich kid, poor kid, you're like, you guys got McNuggets? <laughs> rich kid is, yeah, can I have the shrimp cocktail and a steak? And I was like, dude, it's lunch. You know what I'm saying? That's like a once in like four year kind of meal, right? I, but see, when you know that the Father's taking care of it, you live free. How many know that's the way Jesus wants us to live? He wants us to live free. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. I've been praying and I've been praying that you would not start 2019 with one hint of the past holding you down. Forget what's behind. Look, I'm gonna race through this moving forward. We move forward by forgetting that, then we move forward by focusing. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I have, do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future. Get a hold of the future. Listen, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. How are you going to have a blessed, powerful year? Jesus is going to anoint you as you press forward. He's going to anoint you as you run after what he wants you to run after. And the anointing of God is going to bring a new level of blessing, a new level of victory, a new level of joy. That's what he wants for 2019 but you know what you have to do you have to forget and then you have to focus on the future here's the last thing and then we're gonna take communion look trying to live by faith while walking in condemnation is like trying to go in two directions at the same time here's here is a vision of a lot of people okay what condemnation does is it pulls you down and it pulls you to live in the past okay what freedom does 
is it presses you up towards the heavenly call and it presses you forward towards God's purpose. All right? When we take communion, we're going to take communion in, in, in one minute. When we take communion, the purpose of communion is to ready, forget what we did because we remember what he did. And then the one compelling focus is press, live upward. Why do I tell you, look, make sure that when this clock strikes 12, that your heart is upward. Live for the heavenly call. Live for the glorious call. Live for the anointing that he wants to pour out upon your life. In 2019, we press forward and we press upward in the name of Jesus. Some people, when you're living with this tension of the past, of what you did and what God wants to do with your life, it does three things. It tears you apart, it makes you stuck, and it leaves you fractured. And I talked, to, I talked once a week, every year, we pastors are talking to a Christian who's fractured in their heart for one reason. They cannot accept the power of what he did. Are you ready to accept the power of the blood of Jesus today and be set free? They're going to come. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Here's what we're going to do. They're going to come and they're going to start passing out the emblems. I want you to take it and hold it. But I need you to listen to me because there's a way that we need to do this so that we honor the word of God. Don't get distracted by all of the movement, but just everybody, please look at me, focus on me. Okay, now the Bible says that when we take communion, part of remembering what he did, okay, is surrendering to what he did. And when we surrender to what he did, we realize that he died for our sin. If you don't admit your sin, you can't have your sin washed. Because Jesus, he deals with the truth. A lot of people can't handle the truth. And part of the reason they can't handle the truth is because they don't recognize the power of the blood. But today, just tell him the truth. Just say, I have sinned. Okay, no blame. I have sinned against you, Lord. Forgive me. I did wrong, I chose wrong, I chose evil, I chose rebellion. But Lord, you are rich in mercy. And so I bring my heart to you. And I ask you, Lord, to set my heart free. And I receive the freedom that comes from the blood. And so what that means is, is today is one of those days that you're saying, Lord, I want to repent. Repent means that you turn away. Say, God, I give my back to this thing. And so look, if you're flirting with somebody on the job, okay, you're married and you're flirting with someone on the job, you're telling the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to do that anymore. If there's a phone number in your telephone that you know is, a, is an evil phone number, you're going to delete that phone number before you leave this building. You understand? It means that you're going to make a change because you want to live the anointed life of 2019. You're going to say, I'm going to stop living this low, cheap life that the devil has for me. And I want to press towards the mark. I want to press towards the heavenly call. I want to experience the anointing of God on my life. And I want the people around me to experience the anointing of God. And today, Lord, I turn away from that.
I'd rather have nothing, God, if I have to have the world and not you. I'd rather have nothing and you. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So this is a moment of repenting. And part of repenting, listen closely, means that when you elevate the blood, okay? Pastor Dave, pass me the cup for a second. Just one cup, yeah. Mm -hmm. So look, this is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. Everybody look at me, please. This is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. When you elevate the blood of God, you're not elevating the blood so that you can be forgiven. But you're elevating the blood so that people who sinned against you can be forgiven. Because he not only died for what you did, but he also died for what people did to you. And what you do is you let them off the hook and you say, Lord, if they need to be dealt with, you deal with them. But that's not my business. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Part of the way people get free is that you, you let people go. You let them off the hook even though they failed you. I plead with you, let them off the hook because of the blood of Jesus. And if you'll let them off the hook because of the blood of Jesus, you'll be letting yourself off the hook. Because it, it doesn't matter what you're holding on to. If you're holding on to the past, you can't press towards the future. The spiritual principle. You're like that. Remember the kids that toy, they don't have it anymore. The plastic man. You know, Stretch Armstrong. Some of you guys don't know that, but that was the, the jam back in the day. You know. No more Stretch Armstrong life. Let it go and be free. I've been praying. I've been praying, God, let the people walk out free. Walk out of this place free. It doesn't, when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you're belittling what they did. It means that you're exalting what Jesus did. Just set them free. Set them free, let it go. And then, as we go to close, man, I didn't even bring, I didn't bring a Bible with me to turn to first. Uh, I'm supposed to bring a Bible in for communion. Um, I'm going to just jump right here. Uh, what is that, 1 Corinthians 11, right? I know that I am a pastor. Hold on a second. Technology, here it is. Amen. I'm glad I got that one right there, Lord. But I'm not taking credit, you know, just. So listen, this very moment is meant to release you. To release your brother, release your sister, release your spouse, release your uncle. Okay? Release. Be free. The Lord would say, be free, my child, be free. Okay? And listen to this. It's interesting about this before we take this communion right in this moment. What's really interesting is that when you read this passage and you press towards the future, here's the way it works. Some things you know 
some things you don't know. In other words, uh, T, sitting here, he's one of Pastor Matt's classmates. Praise God that he went to Northwestern because he's been coming to our church. This is a gifted, special man. I don't know him super well or anything. Gifted, special man, he's here. And T is about to take communion. T knows, he might know there are certain things that God has for him, but there are a lot of things you have no clue. But here's what you know. You know that they're good, pleasing, and perfect. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. The mind cannot conceive the wonderful things that God has in store for his people. How many of God has wonderful things in store for us in 2019? But it's all based around this moment. This young man, this young man, this woman, this young woman, all of us. I can't have a good year in 2019. Pastor Edgar can't, Pastor Dave can't, if we won't let it go now here's the last thing if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus you know that you're not a Christian how do you become a Christian you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior you ask him to forgive you Christianity is about a relationship with God it's not about going to church twice a year. It's not about doing religious things or has nothing to do with that. There's a moment in time. Like I remember the day I met Edgar. I remember the day that I met Pastor Dave. He had this army jacket on and fro. Thank you, Susie, you've brought him a long way. But we're forgetting the past, right? Shouldn't be cracking jokes in communion, by the way, but. But there's a moment in time when you meet the Lord. Have you met the Lord? Have you accepted him into your heart? The Bible says don't do outwardly what you haven't done inwardly. Let's close our eyes for just a moment before we take communion. Is there anyone here, even while you're holding the emblems, maybe you could, it, it, even while you're holding the emblems, you would say, I wanna do that right here, right now. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I would love to lead you in a prayer. How do you do this? How is someone born again? They just pray. They just elevate what Jesus did and say, Lord, what you did, I want to be part of my world, part of my life. Come and be my Lord and Savior. If that's you, put the emblem in your, put both of them in your hand and just slip up your hand because is there anyone here you want to start a personal relationship with Jesus? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. Anyone else, you want to open up the door of your heart. He's knocking at the door of your heart, and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the building. Blessed be the name of, come on, raise your hands high just for one more minute. Uh, part of the reason is we want to give you a, a, a little gift in a moment. All right, you can put your hands down. Now, everyone, pray this prayer with me, but it is specifically geared towards those who are asking Jesus into their hearts. I'm going to lead you this time, and after that, you're going to begin your relationship with him. So, everyone, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this communion Sunday that I could learn about the power of your blood. May that power be part of my life. 
So Lord, I confess my sin to you and I open up my heart to you. And I ask that you would cleanse me with your blood. Remove all the guilt and the shame. Lord, if there's anyone who sinned against me, I put that under the blood too. I release the past and I open my heart to the present, to the future, to the heavenly prize. So come into my heart, sit on the throne of my heart and be my king, my master, my savior, and my friend. Thank you for receiving me, even as I receive you. Amen and amen. Everybody say hallelujah right now. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. You prayed that prayer. You have become a child of God. The Bible says to them that believed, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters of God. You are part of the family of God. Your past is cleansed and removed, and you have a glorious and beautiful future. You have a heavenly, eternal future now. And we hope to be getting a box to you. If you raised your hand and you didn't get a box, we have a box with a Bible in it. Take a moment. Get that box from one of the ushers. Take a moment. Fill, a, fill out the card. We just want to connect with you and help you with your new walk with God. All right. Now we're going to take communion together. Now you are a candidate to do outwardly what you've done inwardly. So let's listen to this. For I receive the Lord from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pastor Dave is going to pray for this bread, which symbolizes the body of Christ. And he's gonna pray that we receive the fullness of it as we remember. Jesus, we thank you for your body. We thank you, Lord, that you took the beating that we deserved. And Lord, because you took that beating, then there is no punishment left for us, oh God. Because when we come underneath your sacrifice, oh God, we receive full remission of sins, oh God. And we thank you, oh Lord, that because you took the beating, because you, your body was offered up, oh Lord, then that means that our bodies can be made brand new, that we can live a brand new life, oh God. So we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, oh Lord, that your, the stripes are on your body brought us healing and restoration, oh God. And Lord, because you rose from the dead, we can live a new life, oh God. We give you praise, oh Lord, and we pray, oh God, for every person in this place, oh God. Lord, that has been suffering in their bodies, oh God. Lord, or that, that, that they have not fully walked into the new life that you provide. We pray that today would be a change, oh God. Lord, that bodies would be healed and that lives would turn around and that we would begin to walk in the fullness of what you've called us to. Lord, we love you and we worship you and we thank you for offering your body so that we could be made new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's take the bread together.
Hallelujah. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, the new contract that was made by the blood of Christ. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim or you celebrate the Lord's death until he comes. And we're celebrating right now the powerful blood of Jesus. Pastor Edgar's going to pray for the blood, and then we'll take the cup together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, that your blood cleanses us from head to toe, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, that your blood washes us clean as white as snow, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that everything, oh God, every one of our, 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 our sins, every one of the things that we struggle with has been washed by your blood, Father God. And we are made new, oh God. We are made whole, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for washing us clean, Lord, and securing our future with you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that our minds are being washed, oh God, our bodies are being washed, oh God, our hearts are being washed, oh God, and Lord, Father God, that the past has no hold on us anymore, Father God, and that we are set free, oh God, we have freedom, oh God, because of your precious blood, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that your blood has such power that it could break, oh God, bondage, it could break, oh God, addiction, it could break, oh God, depression, oh God, it could can stand, oh God, as brand new, whole, oh God, made completely whole, oh God, in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. We worship you, and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, let's just give him some praise. Let's clap to the Lord for just a moment. we go from this place we thank you for a new focus a focus on the future you have for us and a focus on the heavenly prize release your people God make them powerful through your anointing for your glory God we God we as pastors Lord we pray the favor and the blessing of God upon your people in 2019 oh God Thank you for all you're doing in us and for all you're going to do through us for your glory and honor and praise. And everyone said, amen. Let's put our hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen, as you're leaving, I want you to hug four or five people. Wish them a happy new year because you probably won't see them. So wish them a happy new year.